Hello there, friends, and welcome to Bantering the Blue Shirts Off the Post. Uh, there's no Joe this week. He's busy being a father of a newborn and also his previous baby, who is now an oldborn, I guess. That's the way those things work. Um, joined again by Adam Herman and Tom Ertz Jr. Um, Tom, if you have a kid, are you going to do Tom Ertz the third? I've thought about it, and we kind of talked about this, I think it was off-air last week, where yeah. like my thought was, you know, if I had a son first, would I want to let them be their own person and then sort of roll the dice if I have a second son? Yeah. Um, but we're kind of a long ways away from that happening, but um, yeah, I, I think I would do it. I, I have a question, Tom. Sure. I, I believe you have a brother. I do. Yes. How does he feel about, like, he does not get to be a Tom Jr.? You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, he's not near like, the throne. Like, Tom, yeah. you are you get to have the same name as your dad, but, like, he does not. Like, is there an inferiority thing going on there? I don't think so, um, because I would say that my brother's kind of okay with it because he, he benefits in a lot of ways. Like, I would say the best way to sort of describe it is that, like, you know, sort of growing up, um, you know... Uh, it was just me and my sister and, you know, for, yeah. for, for the longest time. And, you know, then he came along and then, you know, dad got a little bit of a better job. And then, you know, Ryan sort of grows up and he plays hockey and, you know, uh, he got to do a lot of cool things. Um, so I wouldn't, I would say if my brother does have some sort of an inferiority complex, it's pretty fucked up because I think he, <laughs> he's made out pretty well for himself and, uh, okay. he, he, he's very sp spoiled in my opinion. So every wow. so often I, I give him a little bit of a, you know, a kick in the ass to keep him in line. Does he listen to this show, Tom? Probably not, but I might tell him just to listen well, to Jesus. this one just well, for fun. Shots have been yeah. fired here for God's sakes. I, I thought we were going to have a pleasant family conversation. I mean, I love my brother to death, but we keep it very straight and, you know, very, you know, I hit him in between the eyes, so he always yeah. knows where he stands. I don't care if he's taller than me. I don't care if he's stronger than me. Uh, I just call it as I see it. Wow. Um, all right. Well, that's all horrible. Uh, yeah. Let's let's go to some questions. Great we're start. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, we're going to start off with a pretty unique question, which is from, apparently, Joe talked about uh, Atlantic Ocean Suites in Maine um, and a wonderful weekend he had there and one of our listeners booked uh, a day in August to, to spend an upcoming beach vacation there so that happened and we had a question from Atlantic Ocean Suites uh, Atlantic Ocean Suites I'd like to take this opportunity to mention we are very happy to accept any and all sponsors uh, now that we have a buyout window open what is the ideal situation for the rest of the offseason with regard to buyouts, trades, and signings both what you think would be the best case scenario and what you think will actually happen. Tom, we've talked a lot about this. What do you think? Let's start with what the best case scenario is. And because I feel like we've talked about what is actually going to happen, which is generally thought to be not a good thing. What would you do if you're in this position as Jeff Gordon? I mean, I think in an ideal world, we would find trades for all these uh, problem contracts but yeah. you know if and buts or candies and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas so uh what about I, people who don't celebrate christmas tom they'd have yeah. a happy holiday happy I'm, holiday i'm sorry man. this i'm sorry this happened with you on the show i'm sorry it's oh, really yeah. awkward tom. i'm gonna be talking to shana about this one <laughs> so in any case i think 
we talked about it on the last show. Um, if you have to buy someone out, that person is Mark Stahl for performance and financial reasons. Yeah. Uh, what I think will happen, um, it's. I think it's going to be Kevin Shattenkirk, and I'm really going to hate it. Oh, God. Uh, and the only reason I say not Brendan Smith is because I feel like they would much rather bury him in Hartford for the season. So and you then, think Barry Smith by Shattenkirk is what will happen? Yeah, and Mark Stahl is just going to continue uh, to play God. every game, and it's going to be Adam, save me. What's gonna, what do you um, think will happen? What I think will happen... Oh, man. I, I still don't even know, honestly, and that's just a cop-out, but, like, here's what I'm going to say. That's where I am. I really here, have no idea yeah. what they're going to do. And, like, here, here's what I'm going to say, though, right, is that I know Brooks has been banging the Shattenkirk thing, the Shattenkirk drum, for, for a while now, but, like, one, like, that's just his, like, opinion, right? Like, obviously, it's an informed opinion. He, yeah. he knows things that are going on and such, but, like, he like he's, his words are not, like... It's not that, like, he says it and it happens. Like, we've seen that plenty of times. Um, the other, like, and the other thing being, like, if you were the Rangers, and, again, what is their end goal here? I'm not sure. But if you were the Rangers, like, and we've seen this a million times, you're going to use the media to influence things to get what you want. Now, if you're going to try to buy out Shattenkirk, I would assume you would want to try to trade him first. And if you're leaking, yes, we're going to buy him out, we're going to buy him out. Like, then... It just doesn't add up to me. So, like, I'm not saying that won't happen. I think, like, gun to my head, I'm probably picking Shattenkirk buyout. But I don't think it's just, like, this obvious thing yeah. um, that's going to happen. I, I think they could easily... It could just as easily be Smith. Um, or it could even be trading Kreider. And trading then, Vlad? And then, yeah, like, taking on some of Nemesikov's, eating some of his cap and, and trading him. Um, and maybe even trading a draft pick or a prospect or whatever to make make this happen. Yeah, to grease the wheels. Yeah, yeah. And a like smaller form they can of certainly Patrick afford Marlo. to do it. Is it ideal? No, but it's not like this is a team that if they lose a prospect or a pick, it's going to ruin their um, their their situation. Right? Not with that prospect pool. Um, so we'll we'll see. Uh, I just don't think it's things with the Rangers never are like as obvious as they just appear at face value so um, I'm not convinced that like it's a foregone conclusion that Sharon Kirk will be bought out I think what's important for me in all this is how stark of her like this is just a big exclamation point next to be careful with your contracts because all of these problems are here because of the problem contracts the Rangers have and we've seen you know there's a lot of talk about what Gorton inherited but also you know, Gordon has, you know, the Brendan Smith contract and, you know, to some extent also the Kevin Shattenkirk contract. And I'd also still make a strong case for the Brady Shea contract. There's yeah. been There's been a lot of, like, pump the brakes a little bit. And, you know, we, we just saw this team commit almost $20 million to two players in, in Truba and Panarin. So there does come a point where, like, even if, the, you know, he finds a way to weasel out of this one, uh, you know, or, you know, and get, escape this problem... This is something the Rangers have to keep in mind moving forward, because as we talked about on the flagship show, you do not want to be at this stage when you're still a kind of a building team that's developing its prospects where you're right up against the ceiling. The Rangers need to find a way to do better than this. And that's why I'm still holding out hope they can trade Shattenkirk with retained yeah. salary. But uh, 
I don't think it'll happen. Um, this next question is is aimed right at you, Adam. Uh, it's from Jason Silverman. After ranking the Rangers' prospects, how would you rate the job that Gordy Clark and the Rangers scouting team has done in the last few years? Also, which prospects do you see playing in Hartford this year? Oh, oh boy, hit me with the the hard stuff. Um, what rating do I give Gordy Clark for the last few years? G- Gordy Clark and the Rangers scouting team yeah, in general, right? Like a C plus B minus, and like I know people are gonna be like, "What?" But like, let's look at like first of all, like the Kako pick, like. It's obvious. I, like yeah. anyone, like, and I don't say that as disrespect. It's like it's like the McDavid pick. It's just there were no options. Like, yeah, you know, you could have sent up a ten-year-old child who had been given internet access for thirty minutes prior to the draft, and he would have picked Kako, right? Um, so like, you don't get bonus points for that. You might have right? picked Kirby Doc. I mean, Kirby video games kids. You know. Yeah. All right. Thank, thank you. Just, just, <laughs> just to you know, uh, and then. I think the Rangers did so well, so well this this year at the draft. Even after Kaku, like I like every pick besides one was besides Hunter Skinner. Every pick was either like this was an acceptable pick in this range or even better. But like last year in rounds two through seven, they did horribly. And then the draft before that, um, mixed very mixed bag. Um, one before that again, like eh. I'll get. I'll, I'll go. I'll go to a B- couple minus. of interesting picks, right? In in those drafts with Lindbaum and you know, like especially yeah, in the and, first and like, four rounds, I would say a lot of off the board kind of what are we doing here picks. I'll, um, I'll give. I'll give a B minus for that. Um, okay. What was it? What was the other question? So the other question was, who do we anticipate being in Hartford? Um, which you know we kind of talked about already with. You know, if yeah. uh, if Adam Fox doesn't make the team on the flagship show, you said obviously he's going to be in Hartford, where we would expect him to just tear it up. Yeah, uh, but you know, um, with of the guys, let's say of the guys who signed, do we expect, you know, for example, do you expect Roynanen to be there, um, you know, yeah. long term and developing there this season and Rikov so, and yada yada. It's it's interesting because, I mean, it's interesting for the right reasons, I guess. Um, but there's just so many moving pieces, right? Like whether they buy out Shattenkirk or Smith or both or neither, like that changes everything, it just changes in terms everything. of like. Yeah who's like what paths are available to the nhl and then like if they bury smith in the minors versus buy him out like all right well that's one fewer roster spot in hartford and like he's gonna be playing there um so just looking you know there's it's it's too early to tell on that and then like if Kreider's traded and like who's brought back in that trade and you know like there's there's it's too early to really make a definitive call on that one all right so let um, me ask you this how many goals does tim gettinger have this year ooh uh 23 i fucking love how many it. did he have last year i don't know but I he had... say like i want to say like 15 yeah but like you wrote about he had one of those 14. they used them everywhere yeah i like it i yeah. i love that and kid. He's yeah, he's he's a, he's a good one, and like he's not gonna blow you know anyone away, but like he's got real potential as a bottom six forward. That's fun. Uh, so yeah, Tom, do you have any thoughts on this? How do you think the scouting staff has done really over the past couple seasons? And let's do it this way: Is there anyone you're excited to see in Hartford? Maybe that's the better way to phrase this question. Um, I would say depending if he makes if he doesn't make it, obviously Adam Fox is someone that's exciting to see in Hartford. Um, I think it's he would it's be like kind Genghis of Khan in Hartford. Yeah, 
and it's I'm just excited more in general that what it'll be like to sort of having a new coach and a sort of a new direction and it's one of the things that um, JD talked about and just sort of um, investing resources in the organization you know outside of just what's on a an NHL roster so um, I just think in general knowing that there's a plan in place from you know from players from the moment to their drafted till the day that they make their NHL debut um, we saw that sort of with the hiring of these um, I don't know what their exact title is but it's like almost like uh, like mentors so to speak uh, like I know Tanner Glass is going to be working uh, in the organization uh, you know with Jed Ortmeier and uh, they've you know, hiring a couple of other people, but um, isn't Glass going to be situated in Europe for that role? No, 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 no. No, he was hired in part because of his experiences in Europe. Oh, you might be right. You know what? I think what they did say is like he's going to be be making trips to Europe. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's what I. Uh, that's what I but like, I don't think he's going to be full time like living out there. Like, yeah, he's not going to be yeah camping around the uh, the SHL or anything. Yeah, what yeah. they've done in the past is, and I'm sure they'll still do it. But like, I think Chris Jury was basically working overtime last year. He was in like three different jobs. And he was yeah. doing spending a lot of time in Europe, and I'm sure he will still. But like now, they have someone out there that. Uh, Tuomaru too. You know, they can uh, you know. Have oh, to that's right, that. Tom. Yeah, Tuomaru too. Yeah. Right, right. Rutu will be the full time guy out there. That's right. Uh, but Tom, what did you think about in general? How would you grade uh, the scouting? You know, Gordy Clark inclusive, and I know, you know, there's maybe some conflicting feelings about Gordy Clark. But how would you rate the scouting department as a whole for the past couple seasons here? I would kind of agree with Adam's grade because you have these, yeah, like you have these situations where they're obviously, you know, cat goes on a T, right? That's you, so you won't really get credit for that. Um, I think we could see, you know, some successes with, you know, the the, uh, the Robertson pick, the Carl Henriksen pick. I think those are some intriguing options. But, again, you have situations where they, like, take all of Lindbaum in the second round. You have, you know, situations where, you know, the Rangers, they drafted, you know, the kid of someone who uh, works for the organization. And it's, you know, obviously it's, it's one pick, but you're in the situation of, the rangers where at the time you were building up this farm system so i would say you have a lot of highs you have some lows you have some in the middle um you know it's so c minus feels like a good fit to you i think that's fair you know what i know for a fact that you both know more about prospects than me but i'm gonna say b just to be a son of a bitch um next question adam we'll start with you which random player off of our radar makes the team at a camp from Kravstov Voxed. From Kravstov what? Voxed. V A. Oh, that's from. Okay, that's the person. Okay, that's you. Uh, who makes the team out of camp? Random player. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, a dark horse, I guess, is the way to look at it. I still think, like, this isn't random per se, but. Like, if you look at everyone, just like it's on Twitter, or, like, just the beat writers, like, whatever it is, like, people seem to, like, have Libor Hayek making the team. Yeah. That's and, like, maybe he, maybe a he lot will, of but, like, seem to have it, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, that seems to be, like, the go to from people. Like, uh, we need someone on the left on side. Left side, team. yeah. <laughs> we need someone on that third pair on the left side. I, and he plays I don't think side. it's him. And I'm not saying he won't make the team. Ooh. But I, I really think Yegor Rikov, like, this is a guy who succeeded in the KHL. 
look to look at Hayek, like he played well in five games for the Rangers, but that's five games, and he was really bad, like really bad, in Hartford last season. Um, like worse than Shaw Day. So, yeah, and the the sample size of him being, you know, passable to good to surprising with the Rangers was pretty small. That's the thing yeah, and like people is. people see what they want to see. Like if if a prospect was killing it in Hartford and then looked you know out of place for five games with the Rangers, they wouldn't be saying, oh, well, let's worry about this guy. They'd be focusing on how great he was in Hartford. So, and I get it, right? Like, you want to be optimistic. You want to give guys the benefit of the doubt. But with that, I think Rikov, like, he's 6'2", but, like, he plays bigger than that. Like, he he just looks, even if you just, like, look at pictures of him on Instagram or whatever, not to be, like, weird, but, like, he just he just <laughs> looks like if like if he, there are pictures of him with like four or five other prospects and like he just looks so much bigger and stronger than everyone else like he yeah, just looks like he has man strength and he's ready. So playing in the KHL and so, played a big I don't know if Sochi, for right? that particular person asking that question if he views Rikov as a as, as a, a dark horse or not, but like in my mind, like he's a name that people are not talking about enough for making the roster out of camp. Tom, do you have a do you have a favorite dark horse or a long shot maybe to to kind of make the roster out of camp? You know, like Brett Howden, I think was the story last year, right? It's no one really thought Brett Howden was going to happen, and then he kind of blew the doors off, and you know, training camp and preseason. And before we knew it, we had Brett Howden instead of Leah Anderson. Do you think there's someone with that potential here in the mix, Tom? Is um, it Greg McKegg, Tom? I don't think it is, and it's if there's someone that we're not talking about. Um, making the team, um, not that I would want to see this, but I feel like the Rangers will try and make Ryan Lindgren, Lindgren a thing again. Mm, um, but I, I'm very sort of interested, excited about uh, Rikov because um, it's to me he see, and it's obviously you know Adam would probably know, not Adam probably would, but Adam would know better than me. <laughs> but when they made the trade for Rikov. Um, I sort of um, I went back and I sort of looked um, because like back in twenty I think it was twenty seventeen where the Rangers they had signed uh, Alexei Berglazov mm. and he was a guy that was bigger that could sort of skate and use his size well and it never really worked out so yeah. when they made that trade for Rikov I kind of thought that it was sort of like well here's another player in the mold that we're kind of um, looking to have on our roster so. Yeah. I think they're going to give him every opportunity, although if, correct me if I'm wrong, he has, um, he can be assigned in Hartford this season, but if he were not on their roster next year, then he has the ability to go back to the KHL, is that correct? Right, so he'll be, he'll be, unless, you know, things just turn really sour and both sides decide to just cut bait, like, he will spend the entire year, you know, either with the Rangers or in Hartford or some combination. So, okay. Yeah. My my dark horse is Gettinger just because I'm all yep. about him. I thought he I think Adam you wrote in your you know your prospect rankings how he kinda had that surprising call up and yeah. you know, he he just was a guy who was just like a leatherman or, or a Swiss army knife in Hartford. He just filled a lot of roles there and you know, I feel like his size alone could get him a longer look um, than some of the guys, especially because the Rangers didn't necessarily you know, land, you know, a guy who can, you know, maybe play physical and they can say to him like, hey kid, if you want to be here, 
you're going to throw around your body more. And yeah. he, he would probably be willing to do it, I'm yeah. guessing. And to, the other thing there is that, like, the show. like, they don't want to put Kravtsov on the fourth line, right? Or, like, no, limited no, minutes. No. Or even, like, on the third line, like, maybe. But it depends on what kind of role it is. But they would rather him spend a month or two in Hartford just getting 25 minutes in all situations. With Gettinger, I think it would be similar-ish, but not the same i think they could live more with him in a depth role because that's his future anyway yeah i don't think he's a top six forward in the nhl so i think you could put him in a you know a bottom six role in the the nhl right now is that ideal compared to 20 minutes in hartford maybe not but sure if there's an open roster spot and he wins it in camp he's the best winger there then i I think that's a good call i think he could totally get it tom on a scale of 1 to 10 from from tweets by Phil, with 1 being lowest and the highest, how nervous are you about this current cap squeeze? Um, I would say a 3 because... Oh, not too nervous, what, Tom. Like, I'm not too nervous because ultimately they have to make a decision whether or not they're going to use a buyout. And I have a feeling that they're going to push to the wire to try and make a trade. Maybe that trade is, is making that ultimate decision on Chris Kreider because, like we said, he frees up $4.625 million. And I, I say he frees up that full amount because I would expect, just looking at the roster, that they're going to trade him primarily for futures. Um, and maybe if they do get back someone that is on the roster then it's someone that's making uh, minimal money so i'm not too concerned because we say this all the time like oh man how are they going to wriggle themselves out of this situation it just comes down to what is the rangers uh tolerance level because they could get out of this cap situation today if they said well you know if you take on this contract we'll give you brett howden or hey if you take on this contract we'll give you leah sanderson do they want to do those things obviously not but a buyout and then a trade of someone like nemestikov or strom goes a long way like my solution is you're trading one of those two guys for near equal salary back but spread across two or three players that can be buried in hartford so while you're getting equal money back you're able to bury it and then create your you know artificial cap space so to speak so i mean do i wish that they had had more of a plan yeah but in terms of getting ready to the season it's july 29th and i think they have a lot of time relatively speaking adam are you are you pooping your pants over this cap crunch or you're not too worried i think there's middle ground there like i hope Otherwise, like, oof. Anyway, uh, I'm like a seven. Oh wow! Like, one of like, you is a not three, like, one of like, is a seven. It is navigable, and like, it's not like it's not red alert. Like, but if they don't do this right, then there are going to be consequences because it's a domino effect from here. Like, we already saw Bushnevich get a bridge deal instead of a long term contract, partially because of this situation. Um, and then like look like next year depending on how this goes like you're probably looking at another extension for Tony D'Angelo and Brendan Lemieux assuming they get one year contracts this year Uh, Jesper Foss is a free agent Um, you know depending on we'll see what happens with Kreider Uh, Georgiev will need a new contract so 
and then you know from years on beyond that so like it kind of just it's just a domino effect of things that they do right now are going to influence things down the road even if it's you know three steps and removed um yeah that's why i'm nervous you just don't want you don't want to start this in the wrong foot you know yeah, I agree. That's. I think I'm closer to the seven than the three. I'm probably somewhere around the five or six neighborhood because, like you said, there are so many repercussions. You don't want to start this off on the wrong foot when, like, I have, I've thought about this a lot. Really, the Panarin signing and the True Betrayed signing kind of started the next chapter. Like, yeah. the book on the Henrik Lundqvist era is over. This is the Panarin era. And mm. you need to be very careful about getting all your ducks in a row, making sure you manage this roster correctly, making sure you don't squander opportunities to get guys on affordable contracts. Like maybe they did miss that opportunity with Bucinevich. And <clears throat> no matter how you look at it and what your opinion is on Kreider, the fact that, you know, they, you know, it got out and it leaked that they were dangling him. Although Brooks yeah. said it was kind of like half hearted, apparently at the draft. Um, which I'm not sure I believe that much because I don't think the Rangers would do that and then allow it to get out there. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot to me about this that they should be careful. And I think this is at least a five or a six on the, you know, did I just poop my pants or is that a wet fart scale? <clears throat> so right. we'll have to see what happens there. Uh, our next question is from Cornell Screamer, which is quite a quite a Twitter name there. Scranton um, Strangler. Scranton Strangler, I like it. Uh, no one is talking about the Islanders as a potential trade partner for Kreider. No one thought we would have traded Grabner to the Devils. So when do you think a trade will manifest manifest itself between the two New York clubs? I'll start off with this one. Um, the the Rangers and Grabner trade with the Devils, I think, was a different thing. It was a rental. Um, you know, the Devils were in a position where they are in the Cup run, and I feel like. The, a trade of Kreider to the Islanders is different, um, largely because of what the Rangers of what the Islanders have on their roster in terms of forwards, and also really, you know, what the Rangers could stand to lose with dealing Kreider into the division. Adam, do you have any thoughts on whether or not there's a fit there? Um, at face value, I don't necessarily think there's a fit, but. Uh, the Islanders haven't done anything, right? Like, <laughs> all they've done is make their top guys more expensive. Um, and, and then they downgraded that goaltender. So they need to make a splash now. There are a million different reasons why it might not happen between the Rangers and Islanders. Um, but in theory, like, I would do it. Uh, that's not something that scares me. I think people get kind of, from the fans' point of view, I get it a little bit more like the emotional attachment and such. But if you're Jeff Gordon, I don't care if I'm trading with the Islanders, like if that's what's going to do it for me. Um, but but yeah, I, I think Kreider trade has to be coming just because of the, the cap situation. And again, like you have so many good wingers, you need to make room for them. And it just seems like the easiest way to at least partially deal with this. Tom? I would say like... It's whoever gives you the best return. Um, it's kind of stupid to limit 
oh, they're in my city, oh, they're in my division, because you don't want to have stuff happen like, you know, Pierre Dorian, he would, wouldn't trade with the Florida Panthers, so he trades to the San Jose yeah. Sharks, and then the Sharks just go like, okay, hey, Florida, you still want this? And end up getting a better return. Yeah. Um, and if anything, in this hypothetical, you know, Kreider's there for maybe a year, um, because I would think in this situation, he's going to try and hit the open market. And, you know, we just see how, uh, you know, what the Islanders just spent uh, to keep Anders Lee. Um, and, you know, they were interested in Panarin. So it wouldn't concern me too much. You get the best return. You know, people are going to bitch about it. But, you know. It would be fun to have them have that much money tied up in the left wing between Anders Lee, Kreider, yeah. and Andrew Ladd, in my opinion. But that's just me. Um, moving on to our next question. Um, Gangster Mike and Gangster Joe uh, oh from from Matthias Pritchard. I'm sure they have the right podcast. Well, it depends on what day of the week it is, Adam, whether or not I'm rolling hot. Uh, which player will be the biggest pleasant surprise this season? Also, and this is something you've already kind of touched on, Adam, on our flagship. If Keandre Miller has another monster season, do you see him making the Rangers in 2020-2021? Adam, is Keandre Miller going to be a Ranger a year from now? Uh, again, depends on the roster composition, right? But I'm going to say yes. Uh, you look at the lefty right now. It's Brady Shea. Um and then, and then and then what like but like the year <laughs> like the year after that like Mark Stahl like Mark Stahl is not going to be the reason the Rangers keep Keandre Miller out of the NHL like if they think Keandre Miller is right for the NHL they will put him there and Stahl might not be on the team anyway um and then after that you got some babies in Hayek and, and Rikov so I, I think he will be uh although I won't I'll hardly be surprised if he spends some time in the AHL so do you have a biggest pleasant surprise? Who do you think will kind of be the, oh, wow, this this worked out better than we thought it might among the guys who are on the roster now? Um, I I guess Heedle. Just because, again, like, you look at his underlying metrics last season, like, the Rangers did so well when he was on the ice. Uh, and I think... Creates chances Yeah, all he the doesn't. Time. Like, he was expected to score, like, five or six more goals than he actually did. So add in, add in, like, a better team around him. And, like, just he's going to grow a lot because he's going to be 20 instead of 19. Like, I think he's going to have a breakout year. I think we're looking at, like, 40 points for him. Wow. Tom, do you have your the guy you expect to be the biggest pleasant surprise? If I were to say um, someone to be a pleasant surprise, um, I'd like to believe that it's going to be Leah Anderson. Um, it's my hope. I would think that by virtue of the depth that they could have at wing, it's going to be a situation where he'll have someone on his wing that can actually put the puck in the net, which will be positive. Um, and I'm sort of looking forward to that. And, you know, plus I think, uh, it's gives him a chance to sort of a new start. He's no longer like the shiniest of new toys and he can just sort of, uh, focus on his game and benefit by playing for uh, some better players. So this next one I think is pretty interesting. Um, it's from Clem Fandango. If the Rangers had to add an asset 
to move Smith's salary to avoid a buyout. In other words, if you had to chip in a prospect to, to move Brendan Smith, what is your ceiling on that prospect? What level of prospect and or pick would you do? Maybe, Adam, you might be the good person to ask for this in terms of guys who yeah. might have perceived value to other teams that might not have as much value in terms of becoming an NHL player. Yeah, I'd move Hayek in a second. And really? not even because, yeah. like, again, like I still think he's an NHL defenseman, or at least has a good shot at it. But like, the Rangers not the player the Rangers thought they got from Tampa. No, maybe. I mean, but I, I've said that from the start, and like, yeah, he's good, but like, I don't think he's a player that like five years from now, like, you're like, oh no, like we missed on like how are we, you know, how do we do that one? How do we, you know, like I think if he becomes a number five defenseman, like that's good. Like you can have a long career as a number five defenseman, but to get out of a problem like this one. That's small potatoes, especially when you look at the Rangers, you know, defensive prospect group. Um, I think they could uh, do far worse. Tom, what's the the prospects that you think you'd be willing to let go to get rid of that Brendan Smith contract or maybe even that Kevin Shattenkirk contract? In terms of um, a prospect, if you had to include one, um, I think you're pulling from, you know, with someone like Ryan Lindgren or, or Lieber. Yeah. Lindgren's another good one. I think we, we lost Tom there yeah. for a second. Yeah. yeah, Hayek's another, or Lindgren's a good one. Again, not in terms of my interpretation, but we saw this with Pionk, right? Like, it doesn't matter what I think or what the Rangers even think. It matters what the rest of the league thinks. It's perceived value is a real thing. And Lindgren's perceived value is probably a lot higher than how I personally value him. So uh, that's another good guess in terms of, or, you know, a good idea in terms of, you know, what would be a prospect to get rid of to, to sort of uh, wipe our hands of the problem. If you can find a way to make someone buy on Ryan Grapp, I don't think anyone will do it. No, but. that's not happening. <laughs> With Grop, like, at best, it's like a, you're trading for someone else's Ryan Grop, where they're just like, I don't know, like, both these guys are not working out how we thought they would. Let's just swap them and see what the hell happens. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, from go directly to jail. Hey, Mike and Joe, for as successful as an offseason as the Rangers have had, the new acquisition acquisition of Gusev by the Devils has me a little nervous. Mm. Is it possible the Devils have had an even better offseason than the Rangers? How do you think we'll match up? Adam, I think we lost Tom for maybe the rest of the show. Possibly. Um, because technology <clears throat> is what it is. Yep. Do you what do you think of the Devils offseason in general and do they maybe have a better offseason? Well, there are two ways to interpret this. I think pound for pound the Devils have had a better offseason. Um just in terms of like the risk they've taken versus what you know what the reward is, picked. But yeah, but Tom is back. Hey, Adam's I, right in the middle but, of the question, Tom. No but worries. I think the Rangers had the better offseason in terms of total uh, addition, if that makes sense. Like, if you turn one dollar into fifty dollars, you did better than someone who turned a hundred dollars into one hundred twenty-five. But one hundred twenty-five still better than fifty, if that makes sense. Yeah, Which, that's how I view it. I think the Devils did more with less, but I think just in total parts, the Rangers still, uh, you know, are the are the better team, better you know, you know, positioned. To think of what the Devils did, like I mean, it's it's kind of like 
it's both a kind of like a no-brainer for the Devils with Hughes and the Rangers with, with Capo Caco, both guys who will make an immediate impact, right? And then the Devils, yeah. I think, I'm not sure I'm in love with the Wayne Simmons signing they had for yeah, $5 but, million for but a year. but it's one year. It's no right? risk for so them. Like, that's um, what they really did is that, like, they, ha- they didn't do anything that, like, you can say, like, in three years, it's going to be like, oh, oh, no, like, that's that's a yeah. problem. Like In a lot of ways, to me, this feels like posturing to let Taylor Hall know that they're serious about spending yes, money. Yes, for sure. And, like, look at what we can do, and, like, without getting too crazy and giving out term, right, because even Goose have mm-hmm. just two years on, on his contract, but letting Taylor Hall know, like, look, we brought in P.K. Subban, we brought in... Wayne Simmons, we yeah. got Goose and, and for they you did know, that like, when they know, were adding all these complimentary they were bottom pieces. of the battle, right? Like it's like imagine if they can, you know, be be even remotely competitive this year, and that then you're really saying like, all right, like now we can really start recruiting and start convincing people to come here and and, and get things going. So yeah, Tom, do you have any kind of general thoughts on the Devils off season? Do you think they did a better job than the Rangers in terms of roster building? My thoughts on this, and the way I look at it is this. The Rangers and Devils are at different points where the Devils, for all intents and purposes, are sort of seeing what's going to happen with Taylor Hall. And if they keep Taylor Hall, then they do one thing. If Taylor Hall is going to leave, it means a completely different situation. Obviously, they have Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. Those are two good building blocks. Um... And now they have Nikita Gusev, whereas the Rangers are here. We have a bunch of rookies who we, you know, have had played at the NHL level. We sort of like their potential. We've added some nice rookies um, or rather prospects. So now they're at this position of, okay, we want to have building blocks. Your Jacob Trubas, your Artemi Panarins. So it's kind of hard to compare what they did because the rangers are doing things for the long term where the devils are doing things for the short term so that if hall leaves they have the flexibility to pivot instead of you know if they made these long-term moves and he he leaves and then it's like well we're kind of like boxed yeah. in um <clears throat> so it's it's kind the of devils hunting do enough tom for taylor hall to re-sign you think i'm sorry do you think the Devils did enough to make Taylor Hall resign? One more time? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Do you think the Devils did enough for Taylor Hall to resign? I think they they show that they're willing to spend. Um, again, like we look at the free agency game. And for the longest time, no star player and star player in the truest sense made it to free agency. But then you have Tavares do it. You have Panarin do it. Like, Taylor Hall, he was on that Edmonton core that, you know, had so many players come through and he didn't win. Um, I think he really wants to win a Stanley Cup. And I don't know if the Devils offer that... um, that for him like at least within the next four or five years now obviously a lot can change but i think there are teams that could be interested in taylor hall that offer him an opportunity to win you know one two three years from now and plus he can get paid a good amount of money to do so so it really comes down to what his interests are in is it winning a stanley cup getting paid 
or being able to do a little bit of both. No disrespect uh, to, to up, you know the devils. Yeah, to wrap up with our last question, uh, we'll start off with you, Tom, from Evdog. If you had to choose one Rangers prospect that could break out this year and really elevate their status on national prospect lists, who would it be? So who's that prospect you think is kind of flying under the radar but has the highest potential? Um, I mean, I don't know if he counts because he's probably going to be on the NHL roster, but I, I still feel that there are some people that are um, underrating what Kravtsov could be capable of. Um, you know, it could be a situation of he's someone that didn't play in North America, so it's a little harder to get a read on. Um, but I just think he's someone, you know, not saying he's going to be this uber super. Yeah, I'll I'll say Keandre Miller. Uh, not that he's not well regarded right now, but if you're looking at like a top fifty list in the NHL or something like that, um, he's gonna have all the opportunity to um, to elevate his status because he's going to be the top defenseman for Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's been a bit in the gutter the last few years, but they added a really good uh, freshman class for this season. So they're going to try to be competitive. He's going to be the number one defenseman there. I believe he's going to be the number one defenseman for the U.S. World Junior Team. Um, so, yeah, if he has another big year, like, it'll be impossible for anyone to deny that he's, you know, a top de- defensive prospect in, in all of hockey. Um, so as far as realistically speaking, he's, he's the guy I'll go with who has the most ability to really elevate or enter mainstream conscious is how I'll I'll phrase it. Well, that, I think that'll wrap up our show. Adam, thank you so much for for helping us out with both Off the Post and the Flagship this week. I think uh, we lost Tom again, but I know Tom would say goodbye goodbye. to everyone. Uh, Yeah, just classic. That's usually my move. Just look around awkwardly and leave the room. Oh, Tom, you came back just in time to say goodbye to everyone. Perfect timing. Oh, gremlins of the internet at play again. This time, yeah. you know, by the time this show drops, we'll have, I think, only be a couple hours away from when that buyout window closes. So we'll have a lot to talk about next Monday, Tom, mm. um, when you're helping me out while, while Joe is on his paternity leave. But again, thanks, Adam. Thanks, Tom. Any parting yeah. words for the lovely like, people? Do you know the Waltons? Yeah. The Waltons? Uh, the TV you have to be show. more specific. Mm. Yeah. Is it an old TV show? Uh, well, I've heard of it. Never mind then. I wanted us to say I wanted us to all say goodbye uh, the way they do, but you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't even get it. Oh, you wouldn't understand no. that reference. I know I know that Sorry, everyone man. listening understands and you can yell at Mike on Twitter. I know about who the Jonas Brothers are and what Pokemon Mm. are. Um, But yeah, that's about all I know. All right, folks, uh, we'll catch up with you soon and have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.